I will watch or read or listen to this thing so you don't have to. As my fellow leftists who are equally concerned with the perpetuation of white supremacy um, through narratives that argue for the defense of and perpetuation of patriotic education, then these are the kinds of things that I think that together we should be taking seriously. It is, as I've said, uh, we have a tendency as uh, the left to dismiss these artifacts as illogical or hysterical or, you know, otherwise not worth our time. But I think that's a mistake. What I think that we need to be doing is looking at these carefully because I'm suggesting that in each of these, we have access to the playbook. That is the um, efforts to conflate what Texas is and means, what America is and means with white supremacy, um, with uh, narratives that serve whiteness stories told by whiteness in the service of whiteness. And this thing is no exception. Texas textbooks are a big, big deal. And I picked up this book. I didn't know it existed. Um, I'm not sure if it's a vanity press or what. It came out last year. It the title is Texas Trounces the Left's War on History, and it is uh, by Bill Ames, who was the lone conservative voice. This is He's very proud of the work that he did to um, push back against the far left agenda in 2009, 2010, as uh, they were adopting new standards for social studies in Texas. It happens every 10 years. In Texas, textbook marketers, the textbook market is hot. And when we decide every 10 years to um, uh, adopt a new set of textbooks, we get a lot of say we don't, but politicians and leaders and conservative leaders in particular get a lot of say because the textbooks that serve the powers that be in Texas are likely going to be the ones that are um, produced and sold most um, ubiquitously across the nation. So in this fight to control the curriculum, we have, as we often do in Texas, um, quite a story about money. So Texas trounces the left's war on history. I have to talk about the cover, folks. Um, it's bananas, and it, uh, it apparently is a painting by the wife 
of the author. It's split in uh, diagonally. On one half, the top half, we have the Liberty Bell, the Constitution, the Texas flag, um, a quarter that says, in God we trust, um, we the people. There's um, a church and there's a Christmas tree because, you know, the war on Christmas is apparently part of this story. On the other side, oh, we've got, of course, an eagle and somebody landing on the moon. And, of course, we have Ronald Reagan and Thomas Jefferson, nobody else but Ronald Reagan and Thomas Jefferson. On the bottom half, we've got on the left side of a series of protesters, a flag uh, fully and on fire. On the right side of all of the protesters, we've got a city pretty much on fire with cops in the foreground. They're uh, wearing full riot gear uh, looking towards the city. Um, that's a flame. And we have people in this, um, all, all of them holding signs. One seems to be a flippant, silly um, looking young woman that's uh, holding a sign that says separate church and state. Um, and there's, uh, there's somebody who is holding a sign that says American exceptionalism, bogus myth. And there is um, a guy just kind of laying out um, no shoes and his jean jacket on top of a pedestal that says global citizenship, holding a sign that says free enterprise, but it's crossed out. So no free enterprise. He's not into that. We've got um, a Liberty Bell in the background, a picture of the Liberty Bell with an X over that too. We've got several signs that say save our history. Um, and we have uh, with someone holding a sign that says save our history and says schools don't teach values. We have another one holding a sign that says save our history that says where is Jefferson. We have another one who's holding a uh, sign that says save our his history on her little, it's a tiny type um, shirt that I'm sure that, that um, Mrs. Ames wouldn't have approved of, holding a sign that says U.S. imperialists. So that's what we're working with. This is fun. The copy that I have is signed by Bill Ames himself. <laughs> and it also included in here um, a postcard that I have to share with you. Thanks for coming in tonight. Enjoy taking care of you. Please join us again and enjoy a cup of soup on the house. Thanks again. We appreciate you. So here's what this book is about. Again, the title, Texas Trounces the Left's War on History. So we know that the right wins because, as he says somewhere in here, the right always wins. About the book, there are two competing, conflicting, polarized approaches to teaching U.S. history in our public schools. We know which ways those are. We are in the middle of the culture wars again. In this estimation, the left opts for portraying America as an oppressive, 
racist, imperialist country attempting to indoctrinate the students, the student that there is no social justice, quote unquote, and the opportunities for all do not exist, and that increased dependency on a socialist Marxist government is the solution. By contrast, us, the right who know what good and just things are, mainstream Texas, Texans believe that America's good far outweighs the bad and that our founding principles, our Judeo-Christian heritage, our strong roots in Western civilization, and our free market economy are the basis for 200 plus years of American greatness and leadership in the world and should be our foundation for teaching U.S. history in public schools. This is what he says is the about the inevitable complex, uh, conflict between these two approaches. So he is invited by some right-wing politicians to join the board that seems to to uh, uh, to kind of corral the left um, woke agenda that we wouldn't have been saying that ten years ago to um, you know not destroy Texas history, American history, what students are taught. We got the culture wars over Christmas. That is literally in here. In this story, Bill Ames, the narrator, is our hero. In a particular, um, in one of the articles that he included, he's quoted as um, saying that the liberal wants to see as negative a view of history as possible. And he says, like, um, just like the God he is, it's like death by a thousand cuts. I am the balance, the only balance in that equation. So he's personally staving off the fall of Western civilization and the destruction of, of Christianity and everything else on the top half of that um, uh, painting that his wife created. Here's how one of the, let's see, one of eight. This book is bananas, guys. So he includes, this is kind of a weird, weirdly structured book. There's a lot of letters in it. It kind of formulated like a local history would be um, a lot of artifacts. And a lot of them are articles that don't look, that to him and his people look a lot like, um, you know, he heroic stuff into us. They're just... So chapter 19 is only about an attack by the Washington Monthly. Um, he calls it an attack. Quote, Ames pushed to infuse standards with his right-wing views. He's very proud of this. So in he's got some excerpts here. Uh, my contribution to the standards was even called out. He seems very proud of that. Um, the title of the piece, and I won't read all of it, um, Revisionaries, How a Group of Texas Conservatives is Rewriting Your Kids' Textbooks. He points out the role that in 2007, Governor Rick Perry played, um, who uh, in turn appointed uh, Don McLeary, who was not a teacher, but a suburban dentist, made this guy a board chairman. And then 
once that gavel was passed along, that conservative faction of unprecedented power, just as it was gearing up for that once in a decade process of rewriting standards for every subject, McLeary had flexed his muscle, particularly brazenly in the struggle over social studies standards. And this is where our hero steps in. When the process began last January, this is an article that was published in uh, January 4th, 2010. When the process began last January, the Texas Education Agency assembled a team to tackle each grade. In the case of eighth, uh, 11th grade U.S. history, the group was made up of classroom teachers and history professors. That is until McLeary added a man named Bill Ames. Here comes our da-da-da, here comes our hero. Ames, a volunteer with, an, with the ultra-conservative Eagle Forum and Minutemen Militia member who occasionally publishes angry screeds accusing, quote, illegal immigrant aliens of infesting America with diseases or blasting the, quote, environment, uh, environmentalist agenda to destroy America pushed to infuse the standards with the right with his right wing values and even managed to add a line requiring books to give space to conservative icons such as Newt Gingrich, Philip Shafley and the moral majority without any liberal counterweight. Now, I am in support of teaching um, uh, histories of the cultural histories and intellectual histories of conservative agendas because these are uh, humans who shape the way the world works if we know how white supremacy is carried out um, and perpetuated, then we are in a much better position to push against it. But this is our dude. This is our dude. He's very, very proud of himself. Even these uh, moments of resistance, I think maybe especially um, he he takes, he's, I mean, he included all this in his book of, of celebrating his, um, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, the, uh, what is it, BDE. So he won eventually in fixing um, the left's stranglehold on our history, our shared history, so that texts and children don't end up um, hating everything and being usurped by the leftist, communist, socialist um, nation and state haters to perpetuate our woke agenda that will make whiteness weaker and make whiteness feel guilty. And this is what happens when we don't let whiteness tell and control the story. Ultimately, the right one. The curriculum was stripped of any and all nuance in favor of those patriotic platitudes that we're seeing called for time and again. Um, what happened in those missing bits, I definitely worth talking about. The Texas history excised concepts that were in the first um, draft before the uh, right wing came in to um, battle and sub uh, force the left into submission. Things like concepts like capitalism, events like um, 
union strikes, um, like the one that I'm reading about right now, um, an effort for the prison um, workforce that is definitely the modern day rendition of uh, slavery as we see that loophole through the 13th Amendment that uh, Michelle Alexander calls the new Jim Crow. But these are the people who are not already included in the dominant narrative. And he is delighted in particular to tell a story about what he calls the Moms Project. One of the moms um, responding to, let's see if I can find the page. Um, yeah, in his chapter, Texas Moms Speak Out, he features the writing testimony of a mom of three from Garland, which is a Dallas suburb east of, of um, Dallas. It's an older suburb. Um, less um, wealthy, but by Texas standards. So this is dated on, uh, uh, and for this, um, for the meeting uh, where the parents and citizens are, are um, giving their testimony. Um, and this was, uh, I guess, submitted um, by this mom of three. Uh, one such response comes from a Garland, Texas, from Garland, from a Garland, Texas mother of three children. She had taken it upon herself to provide written testimony to today's State Board of Education's November 18th meeting. Portions of her testimony follow, says written testimony for the SBOE meeting and the date. She says that the overall effect of the revisions I've seen in proposed K-5 standards and the U.S. history since 1877 is the sacrifice of the core truths of our country's history for what special interest groups wish it were. And then she goes after our Sandra Cisneros. One of the disgraceful revisions is the inclusion of Sandra Cisneros in the third grade curriculum and is, as an example to be followed. She writes erotic poetry, um, exclaims this woman. She writes erotic poetry, but she's Hispanic, exclamation mark. Weird. Erotic poetry and seven-year-olds, exclamation mark. One might put it a question mark. I don't know. But erotic poetry and seven-year-olds, exclamation mark. What a great tradition, exclamation mark. How many more mis major mistakes like these are in the documents? This board has a fundamental decision to make. Do you want to transmit academic knowledge to children or do you want to make radical changes in the attitudes, values, and worldviews of the children of Texas? Ta-da! He is so excited about this. Um, he calls it, um, as I said, the Moms Project. Hers was the first in a series of these that um, he calls that. And he says that a key element of these mom articles was the written comments that they initiated. Citizens, parents, and other moms found out that they were not alone and they would not be bullied into silence by the state's leftist media. They responded, dot, 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 and how they responded. Um, this guy's uh, rhetorical choices are bananas. Here's one comment, and I won't tell you all of them. There are a lot. Um, 
the first. It seems every day we wake up to yet another liberal attempt to change history to fit their warped sense of superiority and their place in Shangri-La. I don't know what that means. And here's the dry here. That Garland, Texas mother of three needs to infect all of us with her patriotic passion. Her hatred of Sandra Cisneros in particular. She's walking the walk and not just talking the talk. We Christians need to be salt and light to the world and especially in the public school arena. We all know what has happened to prayer and Christianity in the public school system. I've watched this country decay in my lifetime. This site focuses quite a bit on taking our government back. We need to wrestle our education system away from the liberals, socialists, and communists as well. They've controlled the education system since the 60s in most of the country. That's um, news to me. Um, I used to teach high school, and I can assure you there was no critical race theory going on there. And so, yeah, Sandra Cisneros, not a part of U.S. history because, um, unclear, there was a strange call out, um, maybe something to be plucked apart with that, um, but she's Hispanic exclamation. I don't know. But I can only assume that Sandra Cisneros's slim book, The House on Mango Street, The Coming of Age Story of Esperanza. Um, and it's a beautiful poetic book. It's not her poetry, but it is filled with poetry. This is the book that we see in the schools. I have never seen anything called erotic poetry there is a controversial cover on a book of poetry that I can't imagine in a million years would be included in any um, public school classroom, certainly not at the third grade level. But even if it were, I would be in support of that. So in the coming of age story of Esperanza, the house on Mango Street, the one that is very likely going to be the one that's included in the curriculum and certainly wouldn't have even been brought into at all um, beyond her name in this social studies book, textbook that she's talking about. But for God's sake, um, if, if we can't read this quote unquote Hispanic. So her slim, powerful um, coming of age book, of a story of Esperanza, and uh, the only part of, of her sexuality that's dealt with is what she calls her se sexual initiation under the, the, the layers of the patriarchy um, and um, cultural tensions and uh, um, appropriation, all of those things. She's calling her sexual initiation uh, a rape by several Anglo boys. If that's erotic, I am horrified. Um, but I don't think, of course, that was what she was talking about. This is powerful rhetoric, specifically because it's a mom talking about her children, reading about sex. <laughs> the left always wants to make things sexy, apparently. 
it is fair for me to say that, um, okay, so, so to go back to um, Esperanza, and this is a theme that she writes about, these third grade children would be reading about the painful and powerful and moving and exciting and um, lovely and human um, experiences of life on this mango street. She's writing about these painful experiences of Chicana's deeply rooted in patriarchal values of female sexuality owned and taken. This is what happens to Esperanza, as I explained, not sexy, but erotic poetry, maybe, and probably she means um, uh, Cisneros's 1987 collection of poetry called My Wicked, Wicked Way. Now that would seem appropriate. Um, the cover is the controversial bit, perhaps the most controversial. It's a photo of her. And this is her talking about this photograph. Cisneros talking about the photograph on the cover of her 1987 collection of poetry called My Wicked, Wicked Ways. The cover of Zovoa Woman appropriating her own sexuality. In some ways, that's also wicked. The scene, it's uh, trespassing that bound by saying, I defy you, I'm going to tell my own story. I defy you, I'm going to tell my own story. That declaration be damned in Texas because Sandra Cisneros and the people um, and children and other bodies and humans and lives that might have been connected um, as part of the American story, as part of the Texas story, as part of the way that we gather together and make and and experience and share and recognize our shared humanity that is not going to happen because uh she's saying in this controversial collection i defy you i'm going to tell my own story it's not going to happen in the textbooks it's not going to happen in the in the state standards maybe in this next tradition i don't know um So I've never, as I said, heard of any K-12 educational context taking up anything like my wicked, wicked ways. I would fully endorse that. So um, very much can be learned about and, um, and against that shame that tends to imprison our teenage selves as if um, libido weren't, uh, were the uh, sexual equivalent of these blue and um, in pink gender reveal parties like I grew up certain myself in Texas um, that my uh, that libido had no business in my girl body. Um, that is what the boys do. And so my relationship with myself, like these girls, it's um, and also not to mention the trans element that wouldn't have come up in very um, meaningful, purposeful ways at this point, um, you know, 10 years ago, certainly going to be all over the place now because uh, the leftist agenda also wants to um, uh, destroy the whole idea of gender um, rather than accepting that our, that gender is not biologically determined. But that cover alone, 
that cover alone, um, My Wicked Wicked Ways. If it, showed, if it were ever in the library at a school, it would be on a top shelf or behind the circulation desk. The students would read The House on Mango Street. And that cover, since its publication in 1983, to my knowledge, has never been at all sexy, even by the most prudish standards. The one that has been on almost every cover of every version that I've taught over the years, my 20-something years of teaching, is an apartment building fills the cover and almost all of that apartment building uh, side uh, panel, it's red, it covers all but one little corner and there in this little small um, unassuming window, a portrait-like version of a child, a child, <laughs> a child. Um, that, of course, is um, a portrait of Esperanza. This is her story. This is her coming-of-age narrative. So the standards are adopted, the standards that make this dude happy, um, that make the right happy. And then afterwards, um, the citizens are invited to testify for and against the standards, the standards that made him so happy. Things like sometimes some minor bits that are also really significant um, and um, I'll focus on the citizen's testimony because it articulates the defiance to be part of the story and the window that shuts um, on these official um, government-sponsored um, efforts to control the story of the American experience and what and who matters as part of that experience. Citizens testify for and against the standards. Again, remember, he put these in here because he, um, because, not because he wanted it to be balanced. You can be as sure of that. That wasn't his goal. So citizens testify for and against the standards. Besides educators, citizens testified, or besides educators, citizens testified for and against the standards. Again, the numbers were in balance, even though the number of naive students from the nearby Austin campus of the University of Texas were recruited to read scripts and act as pawns for their leftist professors and the Texas Freedom Network. The Texas Freedom Network is an incredible organization that has been working their um, leftist bodies and uh, for years and years and years and years to fight against the far right's agenda to, you know, obsessively hold on to and control this narrative in these ways. But he offers some of the negative comments that he says that these people didn't come up with themselves, but were scripted by the leftist professors and members of this um, terrible, scary um, Texas Freedom Network. Many of them parents, many of them educators read up on Texas Freedom Network. I'll bring it on here, too. Some of the negative comments. An angry Hispanic from Austin wanted, quote, imperialism in the standards and manifest destiny out. That's a lot of conversation that we should have, and that would be a great thing to discuss in classrooms that our students should hear. Another one, a Muslim activist like neither the references to Israel nor uh, those about radical Islamic fundamentalism. 
can we guess why there's any sort of tension um, that hasn't been uh, brought forward that has anything to do with um, uh, Palestine? Another Muslim activist claimed that Palestine should not be linked to al with Al-Qaeda. What? How dare they say that um, that uh, Palestine should not be uh, appropriated and the story told as though it were a terrorist organization rather than a place and a challenging fight for territory um, in, in a very difficult um and I'll talk about um, that conflict at another time, but you get what I'm going at. It's I'm I'm definitely on the Palestinian side. A leader from a group named Equality Texas pointed out that the standards failed to consider the historic contributions of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender citizens. She chided. What an idea of a verb. She chided board members that are, quote, failing to educate and, quote, propagating fear and ignorance by removing those students out of the mainstream. It claimed that the board is, quote, out of step with modern American culture. Yes. <laughs> yes. Any one of these comments would be worth um, taking up. In the book here, in our classrooms, in society, these are important um, elements of stories that are being pushed out and um, in an effort to regulate and um, a shared vision that pushes patriotic education, which is the mechanism that uh, makes white supremacy so deeply a part of this call for patriotic education. I mean, it's, it's this both and or neither, or neither nor. Another Equality Texas member asserted, we are not a lifestyle, which I guess is how it's spoken of in the textbook. Further, the mother of a lesbian daughter and a homosexual son testified that she is absolutely certain that being gay is inborn. She claimed that being gay is like being left-handed. I can see Bill Ames and his wife, the um, painter, I don't want to make fun of her, um, and all of his um, right-wing friends um, laughing about how ridiculous this is, that human beings might suggest that they're not a lifestyle, that human beings might suggest that um, uh, being gay is part of, um, of a human's existence um, that can't be regulated out or shamed out. A University of Texas graduate chastised, here we have it again, that very, um, you know, school marmy way of, of, of um, dealing with the world. A University of Texas graduate chastised the board for its return to the use of calendar terms BC. Oh my God, 2009 folks, BC before Christ and AD Anno Domini. I don't know how long we've been using before Common Era and Common Era, BCE and CE, but it has been way longer than uh, uh, the last 10 years. The call here is why are we going back to before Christ and um, Anno Domini? Um, when we've been using BCE before Common Era and CE Common Era, and those have been the globally accepted um, uh, terms and are used in American universities. His beef seems to make all kinds of sense. 
Well, the reason why we're returning to those is because of the obsession with the Judeo-Christian origin story that is um, that the right suggests and argues is, is a fundamental part of our history. The issue surrounding Senator Joseph McCarthy was discussed by a person who complained about including the Verona papers that exonerated McCarthy. <laughs> so much is missing, but um, we have decided to uh, create a redemptionist narrative for McCartney and uh, McCarthy in the her those hearings. Um, and can you believe that a Texas LULAC member expressed anger at her perceived lack of Hispanic, Hispanic con content in the standards? Again, a really dismissive version. And we've got them chastising with irrelevant stuff, um, quote unquote. And then we've got um, people being angry at what they perceive happening rather than what is actually there in black and white, Texas in black and white. A Texas LULAC member expressed anger at her perceived lack of at, at her perceived lack of Hispanic content in the standards. Finally, and finally, and only, <laughs> Kathy Miller of the Texas Freedom Network testified. Apparently, sensing a loss for her cause, she appealed to the board to give the amendments to scholars for review, thus delaying approval of the standards. Of course, she wasn't um, making an effort to delay the standards. Maybe she was, but she just wanted people whose job it was and, and uh, research and expertise and training was about this particular content so that people who are um, suburban dentists, for example, um, or, you know, Minutemen or whatever bananas things this Ames guy is, <sighs> All right, so um, I'm going to wrap up with this little bit because these these are the people in the pictures. <laughs> um, these are the people in the bottom half of the of the painting. That um, uh, what is her name? I think it's Lynn. I can't really read the signature. Lynn um, Ames. UT students and their Save Our History t-shirts. There's a whole bunch of Save Our History um, uh, t-shirts happening in this cover, as I said. And I'll put this on the show notes. A number of UT students decked out in bright yellow t-shirts carrying a Save Our History message that David Bradley later noted was ins insulting to all the board members demonstrated outside the building. A number of them testified, many utilizing outdated scripts provided by them uh, to them for them by their professors. This is the common way that resistance is articulated amongst the young or amongst the people with um, little power, that they're either too stupid or, um, or too lazy to come up with their own words. And so they're being uh, fed by the leftist agenda, words that they don't believe in, and that makes it all the more dangerous. In this, we're thinking, uh, you know, certainly drawing from uh, arguments going back to the quote-unquote carpetbaggers that the, um, that the uh, Reconstruction was a quote-unquote mistake, a failure, a problem, um, a, a very dark moment in our history, according to this white supremacist redemption narrative, because the um, radical um, Reconstructionists we're 
putting ideas into um, into these um, poor lost souls' heads that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So professors have given these students outdated scripts. I'm not sure why outdated. Um, and then they are just parroting what they've been told. One student called for the standards to be free from bias. That seems fair enough. They are clearly not. She insisted that Dolores um, Huerta be included in the standards. And then somebody pointed out that she already was there. So I guess it's outdated in that sense. Another UT student from Brownsville insisted that World War II propaganda, quote, be reinserted in the standards and that feminist Betty Friedine be included. A black student um, said that America is at its best when she acknowledges her faults. He accused the a board of sweeping history under the rug, slavery, imperialism, genocide, eugenics. He does not respond to that quote unquote outdated um, uh, script. That is clearly part of what's happening in these textbook um, standard revisions. Another student complained about the underrepresentation of Hispanics in the standards, um, going back to this uh, Texas LULAC member who expressed anger at her perceived lack of Hispanic content in the standards. So a student doubles that, but apparently it is, it is irrelevant. Another student complained about the underrepresentation of Hispanics in the standards, returning to the points made by Democrat politicians that somehow the increasing number of Hispanic students in Texas should cause history to be rewritten to drive a quota of increased multiculturalism. I could spend a thousand years on that. That somehow the increasing, somehow the increasing number of Hispanic students in Texas should cause history, should cause history to be rewritten to drive a quota of increased multiculturalism. That just says so much. That makes me think a lot about um, this um, strange choice uh, to um, push Cisneros and others out. A Save Our History student complained that the U.S. is not a Christian nation and that separation of church and state is a response to violence and oppression of minority religions. We have, um, we have her depicted on the front cover too. We have another one, one of these yellow shirted, uh, shirted female students who's in the painting. A yellow shirted female student with a dual major in history and Mexican-American studies was also a co-founder of our Save Our History Coalition, which I guess is all of them. She recounted her many activist activities, stating that while in her third year of college, she is only a first year student at the UT, um, University of Texas. Of course, we have to malign her character and um, so that we're sure that she has no credibility to say these things. It is her third time testifying before the board. She wanted more material on Mexican-American studies. We have a theme here. Um, she also wanted um, uh, Dolores Huerta covered in the third grade as well as in high school, since so many Hispanics drop out of school at a young age. That seems very fair. That is not something they're going to take into consideration. Another student, this one angry, did not want partisan standards. Although listening to the testimony, I get the definite feeling that partisan standards would be hunky-dory. Hunky-dory chastised um, a perceived lack of Hispanic content. I got a definite feeling that partisan standards would be hunky-dory with him as long as they were leftist partisan standards. He's really listening to these people fully and taking them seriously. In the first grade standards, he objected to the quote, the common good being removed. 
It's a bizarre choice, isn't it? He was angry by the, that the standards did not acknowledge gay and transgender individuals. There was no standard that supported his view of the separation and of church and state, his view of those separations, his view, it was his idea. It's not for real. In his mind, the standards undermined multiculturalism in mine too. Finally, he claimed that these standards made Texas a laughing stock in the national media. This idea of this um, making Texas a laughing stock is apparently a theme that um, is one that he thinks of a lot. It's the title of one of these chapters. These radical students have a few have these radical students these radical students who are quickly dismissed because it's their professors who are giving them their ideas anyway, or because. They've um, taken three years to um, in college to um, finish the first year activities. But they don't have real life experiences, says Ames, and their new ideology results from indoctrination by their college professors. Their new ideology results from indoctrination by their college professors. This is what they argue is the results of the leftist agenda. If we were to let it trickle down all the way into the K-12 textbooks, then we would have a problem, according to uh, the right. One such student that he argues has been indoctrinated by a college professor is a graduate of a high school in conservative Plano, Texas. That is adjacent to me. It's a very wealthy uh, suburb of Dallas. That um, uh, graduate of a high of conservative high school in Plano reflects what happened when they became an ideological puppet of their professors. She testified that the she testified that the board had an obvious political agenda, political agenda, and she called for justice and taking responsible for the responsibility for the common good. Uh, the two words that have been taken out of this new revision of the standards, common good. What a bizarre choice! And he's not even arguing against these. She also introduced her concept of moral rightness, morality. Common good, that seems fair enough, um, rather than just decontextualized um, uh, concepts of traditional values and the, and the like. She, in his argument, I don't really even believe that he believes this, um, says that the student should have been conservative but it's clear that they became a she became a political an ideological puppet of their professors. We know that because when she dis discussed her own ideas, she had an obvious political agenda that could not have come from herself. Calling for justice and taking responsibility for the common good could not have come from herself because she was raised like a good kid in the conservative um, Plano. I could go on and on and on, and I'll try not to, but here's a couple of other examples. Um, the president of the UT Democrats testified he criticized what he called euphemism of, of substituting free enterprise for capitalism and expansion for imperialism. That seems very, very fair as well. Free enterprise. That was my economics class. That was my capitalism class in high school. It was the free enterprise system. We called it FES. It didn't mean anything to me. All I remember is that I uh, we did the stock market and I picked the Kmart stock because it was the 80s. I don't even remember how it did. 
but I certainly didn't learn anything about um, about capitalism, and I certainly had not even heard the word imperialism. <laughs> the question here, so this president of UT Democrats said that he doesn't like the euphemism of substituting free enterprise for capitalism because they say two very different things or substituting expansionism for imperialism because they suggest two very different things. Free enterprise is the invisible hand of, of Adam Smith and um, the Hayek um, approach of libertarianism that we just need to let the um, system ride and um, it'll sort out uh, what is the most just thing to happen with money versus capitalism that has a purposeful um, uh, function of, of uh, sorting the haves and the have-nots. And um, we know that system being built um, generationally um, and upon systems that serve to perpetuate white supremacy as long as we accept and build into and share into and sponsor through these textbooks the white supremacist vision uh, that makes white central, uh, makes places that at the center patriotic education. I'll stop by saying this. Um, this student took some questions from board members. Then he became, his credibility was shattered when uh, one of the members asked, are you registered to vote? This is why his credibility was shattered. He was not registered to vote because he's not a citizen of America. This seems to come full circle, I think, that he has no credibility because he's not American citizen, that he cannot speak to these concepts of capitalism and certainly imperialism. I don't know what countries he's from because he doesn't think that it's necessary to express that. But um, Texas, the Texas and America's colonial forces and, and um, imperial um, dimensions uh, that, um, well, we won't get into Fanon and all of that, but this is where we are. So he's got lots of, of um, people that believe in the case for American exceptionalism. We've got a lot of people that say, we got, we got this going on, we know what's what. So I'll wrap up here with a look at the titles um, that push through here. Chapter one, the left's culture war on America, that sets the stage. Um, he quotes from somebody who says, I don't give a, and the asterisks, asterisks about American history. I don't give a fuck about American history. This quote, of course, a successful citizen textbook reviewer. Um, the concern is where the Wright brothers. Um, and then uh, the uh, blowing the whistle. History's holy trinity, trinity, race, gender, and class. There's a great quote that um, I wonder if I can. Okay, here we go. Um, there, these are the um, agenda that he says is driving the revision choices or rewriting choices to the curriculum standards that might include things like capitalism instead of of um, free enterprise and imper and expansionism instead of imperialism or the vice versa. He says that there are two agendas at work. First is an attempt to paint the United States as a in a negative light, as uh, in as negative light as possible, portraying America as an oppressive, racist, exploitive, imperialist country. Um, it is what it is. 
Second is the agenda to add as much multicultural content as possible with little regard for the historical significance of the contributions. So Sandra Cisneros does not belong in this version of American history because her contribution is not significant because her contribution doesn't speak to the white male standards because her contribution is specifically designed to up um, end patriarchal um, frameworks and, um, and to push forward this construct of, of Chicana identity that is not a part of our everyday discourse and the experiences of the humans living in the bodies that might be marked as such on those. The result, here's what would happen if he didn't go and, and um, save our future in Texas as, and, uh, and subsequently the nation. The result, if we allowed this to happen, he says this in the intro, the result, if left unchecked, will be to erase our nation's memory of real history. That is, if we understand it to be in any way oppressive, racist, or exploitive, or exploitative, uh, or imperial. If we understand it in any way as having multiracial content, humans who are diverse and um, inclusive from a variety of of experiences, our LBGTQ communities, and um, uh, all of the calls for Mexican-American content in shock of all places, Texas. The left's agenda is to eliminate the teaching of Western civilization's role in creating the most successful country in the world's history. Western civilization did exist. There were white people who ascribed to it. It's certainly a foundational element of of the of the right and the conservative argument for the kind of fragility of the American experiment and why we can't let any anything you know topple it any sort of stories that don't fit this particular agenda can't come in so western civilization ancient greece and um um i'll talk more about that when we get to the 1776 project and the claremont um Institute and other conservative think tanks that are involved with this, not just whitewashing, but this um, uh, thrust forward of this white supremacist agenda. So let me finish the sentence. The left's agenda is to eliminate the teaching of Western civilization's role in creating the most successful country in the world's history and replacing it with a story in which the historical events are told in the context of American racism, oppression, ex exploitate, and exploitation of minorities and women, as well as imperialist international policies. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is something that we hope that you would leave unchecked because those things are important. <laughs> um, they're not the only things, but we have a layer of, of um, aspirations that no one doesn't believe in, equality and freedom and those kinds of things. The issue is that it's not being extended to all people and the complexities involved in that are many, as I'll discuss. So this is the way that, the tex that Texas trounces the left's war on history in the 2009-2010 uh, uh, curricular standards um, K through 12. 
uh, debates that happened in Texas and that will be happening again, that probably just happened again. I need to pay attention. This is the war on Christmas, according to Little Christmas Tree here. And here are our yellow-shirted people who, um, I don't know that I brought this up, uh, the one woman in her yellow saver uh, history shirt with the script that she was given apparently by her professors. Christmas, 4th of July, Vets Day, X. She hates all those things. All right, I'll stop there. And um, next time we will take up another artifact that attempts to um, push uh, forward and hold on to and fight for the white supremacist version of our history. <laughs>